Welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Debbie Desmond. Father God, we just ask and invite you here. Holy Spirit, come and speak to our hearts. Come touch our hearts. Let us hear your voice this morning. Help us to see what you're doing and hear what you're saying. Just pray that you speak into our hearts and just drop things in our heart that you specifically say to us. In Jesus' name, we pray you bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, I'm hoping that we're going to have some fun this morning. Um, we, you know, if you remember, we, when we're talking about um, what type of foundation, what type of church we want to have, we were talking about the fivefold ministry, um, which is the um, apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist, and how their main task is to equip the saints. In Ephesians, it says to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Um, a prophet's job is not to just go and prophesy over people and, and places. He does that, but his main task in the office of a prophet is to equip people to hear God's voice and to prophesy. Same for the pastor. His main task is not to just care for all the people, although he does, is to equip people to care for everyone. And we, we wanted to um, build a church where everyone is doing the work of the ministry, that God, God wants us to be mature, to be able to be doing all these things. It's not one person that's called, but you know, it's like, me in my position, Nigel in my position of leading this church, we don't get to go where you go. In fact, a lot of our time, we have to look for Christian and non-Christians um, to influence because our, our task is to influence you to be an influence where you are, you know, to pour into your life so you can be an influence where you are and you're reaching people that we will never be able to reach. And so, you know, we've, we've done a whole lot of various different things, um, and, but we felt that we were really sensing that God was wanting us to um, um, explore as a church and to enter more into the, the um, practice of evangelism, being a witness. Um, for all of our lives and interesting like Nigel and I it's been on our heart for a little while and then we thought like we really feel like that's what the Lord was speaking to our church and we went so it's like the Lord has provided in this area for us for us to really have input from people who really operate in this gift so that we can mature and we can do this more and more and be a witness so I'm just going to kick it off this morning and we're going to do some fun um, things as well in our groups afterwards okay so like I said um, Nigel I've really been feeling on our heart to just the, the, the need or the desire the conviction to be able to share our faith with people whereas you know we we've got quite it was quite easy to share a prophetic word with someone to pray for someone but to actually share the gospel with them saying this is what the gospel is would you like to receive Jesus we felt like you know what we had really not been focused on that for a while and whereas our roots we really 
even our ability to go through the gospel outline with someone we had to really think about you know where's before and we had the four laws we knew exactly where and just realizing like actually we need to um freshen up in this area so that you know the bible says be ready that if there's an opportunity be ready to be able to share the hope that you have and we said like you know what we actually um need to be make ourselves ready we need to prepare ourselves so that when we have the opportunity we actually know what to say and you know so this is this is what we're going to learn together to be able to do that and during this time i um have been reading um the gospel of john and acts and again seeing the disciples and their witness um and just really realizing that just the call for christians when i've been reading through acts the call to be a witness the simply to be a witness and that is what it, it is one of the primary callings on our lives as christians to be a witness and almost it's so basic that we actually forget about it it's sort of almost like it can become in the foundations of our lives that we actually forget about the fact that one of our primary callings is to be a witness to be able to share the gospel the good news of what jesus christ um, has done and you know as christians we sometimes make it a lot more complex than it actually is and as a result we shy away from it and we get intimidated but actually it's it's actually really simple to be a witness is it's the if you look in the bible it's actually the um the greek word um, martyrio which is actually um the word we use for martyr but it's actually in the greek translated to be a witness to testify um and it really is to be a witness means to to testify to tell of what you have heard and seen and in this case it's what you've heard and seen of god so in john 14 verse um, 16 i just want to read you these two scriptures in in john that just you know were part of god just convicting me again of my need to to really dig this out of my foundations and freshen up and to be ready so um john 14 jesus speaking to the disciples and he said and i will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him you know him and then listen to this he dwells with you and will be in you now remember that god has sent the holy spirit and he says god god is with you and we all know this he is with you and he dwells with you so wherever you go whatever you do he is with you and he dwells with you now going on to john 15 26 it says but when the helper comes whom i will send to you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will bear witness about me and it says and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning so the spirit is going to bear witness but he says but you also speaking to disciples will bear witness you're going to bear witness to me like you're going to say like i I was with jesus this is what i saw him do this is what i heard him say okay um 
you know, here um, in Acts 22, I was, um, it's when Paul is in a place and he starts telling the people around him, well, he's been a witness. He's testifying to what Jesus has done in his life. So listen to this. I'm just going to take little bits out of it so it's not um, too long. So he says, as a, so he's telling the people in front of him, he's his witnessing God in his life. He says, as I was on my way and drew near to Damascus about noon, a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I'm Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. And then it goes on to say, I was led by the, um, by the, hand, uh, by the hand of the people with it, by those who were with me and came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devoted man according to the law, well spoken by of all the Jews who lived there, came to me and standing by me said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very hour I received my sight and saw him. And he said, The God of your fathers appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one and to hear a voice from his mouth. And then it says here, For you will be a witness for him to everyone. Listen. Of what you have seen and heard so this is what it, Paul had this experience and then the, well, that was his call to straight afterwards to be a witness to what he has seen and what he's heard then in Acts 4 it's speaking about Peter and John they they were it says um, so they called them that's Peter and John um, and charged them not to speak or teach at all at all in the name of Jesus but Peter and John answered them whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather um, um, rather than to God you must judge and then he said this for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard and you know from from those scriptures the Lord is just speaking to me it's like God is with you. Every single one of you, God is with you. And he's doing stuff in your life every day. You see him do it. Sometimes it's small things, sometimes it's big things. But he's doing stuff all the time. And the Holy Spirit is bearing witness. And he says, you are called. Just like Paul, the first thing that was told to him when he became a Christian is, you're going to bear witness. You're going to tell what I am doing. And so for each one of us, that's one of our primary calls, is to bear witness to what God is doing in our lives. Come on, to tell, this is what he is doing. Um, I can remember, um, the, this was such a, a, a scripture in 2 Kings um, 6 and 7. I've just reminded me, this was many years ago, of my need to tell people about the Lord. So the king of Assyria, I'm, I'm going to just read bits out of chapter 6 and 7. The king of Assyria mustered his entire army and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine. In fact, if you carry on reading, it speaks that the people were so hungry, they started killing and eating their own children. They, I mean, everything that could possibly be eaten was eaten. This is how starving they were in the city, okay? And after this, Elisha prophesied that God would save them, that God would intervene and save them. So, so in this process, 
um, there were four lepers that were on the outside um, of, of the city. Because remember, they were... Um, cast out. Uh, uh, sorry? Cast out. Yes, they were cast out. They, were, um, they weren't allowed to be with people. So we'll pick up there. Now, there were four men who were lepers at the entrance of the gate. So they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians because they thought, listen, we're dying here. Let's just go and see if we can find some food, some mercy over there. And look, if we die, we die. But, you know, so they, they took the risk. But when they came to the edge of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord had made the army of the uh, Syrians... Um, Hear the sound of chariots and horses, the sound of a great army. And so they had fed away in the twilight and abandoned their tents, their horses and their donkeys, leaving the camp as it was and fled for their lives. And when the lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into the tent and ate and drank. And they carried off the silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. And then they came back and entered another tent and carried off things from it and went and hid them. Um, and so they were like, what? this is amazing. They're eating. I mean, they're feasting. They, they find gold. They find silver. It's just amazing. And then they suddenly have this dawning moment. They think, hang on. You know, I don't, this isn't right. There's just such an abundance here. That we, I mean, we'd never be able to even finish it on our own. And, and our fellow Israelites are, are, are starving and, and killing each other off. Um, in the city, surely this is not right that we just take advantage of this ourselves. So we're going to go and tell them. And for me, when I read that the first time, I was like, this is like we are as Christians. We were desperate. There were desperate things in our lives. And we have found in God treasure. We found food. We found, we found the answer. And we're just, I mean, we're here, we, we're getting God's love, we're receiving His healing, we're, we're feeling His peace and, and all these things. And there's a world out there, our fellow human beings that, you know, even live next door to us, um, who are working next to us, and they don't know because nobody's told them, because nobody's been a witness. To say, look what God's done in my life. And that's what, simply what it is before anything else. It's just say, this is what God has, has done in my life. Um, I'm just going to read Ezekiel 33. I, this, is, this is quite a... I, I, it really affects my heart, but it's quite a hard word from Ezekiel. But I feel it's something that we actually just need to listen to. And hear, even although it's hard. So, this is um, God speaking through um, Ezekiel. He says, The people of the land take a man from among them and make him their watchman. And if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then, in, uh, then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning. His blood shall be upon him. But if he, he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned and the, and the sword comes and takes um, anyone from them, that person is taken away in his um, iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hands. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. 
Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall surely die. And you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn away from his way. That wicked person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn away, or turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. You know, this is the way um, I thought of those two verses. It's a case of, like, you were suffering from an, a real terrible ailment, right? And you found a, the latest cure, okay? A new treatment for it. And you started taking this new treatment and it was having wonders in your life. It was doing wonders for your life. And then you came across somebody that had the same thing. What would you naturally do? We do this naturally. Oh my goodness, I have... I know what you're feeling. I know what you're feeling. I know exactly. I have the same thing. I, you know, was, I was feeling anxious. I didn't have energy when I woke up in the morning. I had aches and pains all over my body, whatever it might be. And then I found this new treatment. And since I've been taking it, since I took it, I, I've woken up, I've got new energy. I'm feeling, you know, I just feel like I've got my life back. That's what we would tell the person, right? But we are in the same boat. Absolutely. There are people who, you know, sometimes I feel like we get so caught up in our Christian little circle that we forget what it's like not to have God in our lives. So good. We forget what it's like to not have the peace and to know that we loved, to know that there's someone we can count on, to, to the hope that we have in Christ, all those things. People don't have that. Um, and you know, um, I um, especially being a pastor, you, you're even more removed sometimes from that world unless you start interacting with people. And there's moments in my life, sorry, unless you drink coffee, yes. Um, there, there's moments in my life where I've got closer to people and their lives and how they live them, and my heart is just absolutely grieved because they are so lost. So, that's the word that I can say, they are so incredibly lost. And it's, it's for us to say, you know, it, it's, it's simple. All God wants you to do is to be a witness, to say to people what God has done in your life and what you've heard of Him. That's all. That's your requirement, to testify to what God has done in your life, to be ready, you know. The other thing um, I realized um, this over the last while is, I, and I think this is so important for us to just get in our heads. It is never going to be easy. Come on, guys. It's just not going to. I mean, I was thinking like, um, I was, <laughs> I was thinking like, you know, I, I just. Like when the circumstances are a bit better, you know, <laughs> these are the thoughts that go around. When the circumstances are a bit better, you know, I just need to have an in. And then when I have that, or um, I was just like, well, 
Um, you know, when I don't feel as intimidated, I need for God to work in my life so I don't feel as intimidated. <laughs> I mean, I've got all these, you know, um, um, when I think it will be better received, you know. And, um, well, I first, I thought when, when we first, um, the first um, church that we started, we were trained before we went out in a, a four uh, step evangelist uh, to how to share your faith and we literally went out evangelizing like it wasn't like you you came to a meeting and you went out and evangelized that's how we did it and it it was not easy but the more we did it the easier it became because then we just we actually were ready because we've done this before we we we've done it before that's all remember she went out so our first church i can remember the first time we went we, we got to our church, we said, okay, because that was just part of what we did as a church. Michelle and Greg will remember because they would have done it too. Um, and that's what we did. We actually, because we worked on uh, university campuses, we had a survey, we knocked on people's doors. This is like what you would call cold calling. So like this, this is your ultimate intimidation, you know. It's not like you have a little inn and you're talking to some. So, you know, we do it and then we go... You know what, um, when I can remember the first group in our first church that we went to, they were so nervous because we sent them out and she was like, I don't, I don't want to do this, you know. And they went out and they were like, oh, I don't want you to do it. I, okay, okay, I'll do it. No, anyway, the one came back. When they came back from sharing, they were like, when they came back from sharing, they were like, no, and the next time I'm going first because they found such joy in it. But they had to get over that initial intimidation to actually go out and share. And you know, we we um, it, it, all this fear of just stepping over this line to actually share the hope. We have to actually realize the treasure that we have. To be able to be desperate enough to give it to someone else, but we don't because we, you know, it becomes so familiar to us. But I, um, I can remember this one young lady. Um, we, we, she, I was part of sharing the faith. She was a university student. We knocked on her door, shared faith with her. Um, I think she gave her life to the Lord. I'm almost sure she did. We didn't see her church, and it was like something like. Eight months later, she cropped up at church and she told us it was because she had somebody had witnessed to her and told her about Jesus. She got involved in church, Bible school, etc. During COVID, so that was like 25 years ago. During COVID, she called us, Nigel and I, and she said to us, I had a dream about you. And um, I just I went and found, I found somebody who would know your number. And I got your number and I, I wanted to tell you that, you know, she'd got married, she had kids. And she said, I want to tell you that the, the impact that Christ through you had in my life has changed my marriage, has changed my family. Because she didn't even know God. Now, I think about that. I think about that because sometimes, you know, like for me, you know, I was thinking, well, let's try and find a softer landing. To share my faith, you know, and we try and wait for the right opportunity, and I feel a bit better about it when I don't feel. And I just think, like, 
if I had that attitude then, she would never have come to the Lord. She would never, her family wouldn't be as it is. Her children, etc., etc. This, we have to get over that. I, um, Acts 4 verse 28. Um, this is what the disciples prayed. Okay, this is, this is like not, we don't even have it this bad, guys. It says, um, Peter was praying, he said, And now, Lord, look upon their threats. How many of you been threatened with prison lately? Or, you know, how many have you been super threat, uh, been given threats and grants to your servants to continue? So they've been threatened with beating, with prison, with, with, with death. Think about that. This is the, 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 the value of what we have to share with other people. That's how dangerous it is. That people are willing to, um, you know, do bodily harm, prison, etc. He said, think about these, um, look upon these threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal signs and wonders, all performing through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak, God, um, speak the word of God and with boldness. So, I mean, we do need to pray for boldness. But, you know, um, there's another scripture, um, Acts 1 verse 8, it says, When you receive power, uh, then you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Like we forget this this is our like our calling is to be a witness to what god is doing in our lives not to just take everything for ourselves the bible says jesus says freely you have received freely give you know um acts 14 verse 3 it says so they remained for a long time speaking boldly for the lord who bore witness to their word um a word of his grace granting signs wonders um, being done at their hands and then I just want to read this Matthew 10 verse 5 again just Jesus is sending out the um, his disciples here and um, again it's not it, it shows this is not easy he didn't say it was going to be easy but worth it and your calling Amen. because you know if you have the opportunity to save someone's life you would maybe risk a thing or two maybe risk your feeling because really at the end of the day for us people it's just about whether you feel embarrassed and uncomfortable or not that's ultimately what you have to overcome Amen. all you have to say all you have to say yes to is i'm gonna feel i'm, I'm okay with feeling uncomfortable i'm okay with feeling embarrassed think about that That's the fear. That's the intimidation. That you're going to feel uncomfortable and embarrassed. And this person, like the, this young lady that I said, could her whole life and her family could be changed. Just for the sacrifice of your comfort and your embarrassment. Your dignity. So Jesus said, he sent them out with the following instructions. As you go preach the message, the kingdom of um, heaven is near. Um, and he says, you know, heal the sick, raise the dead, and, you know, pray, you know, and then he says, freely you have received, freely give. 
Um, and then he says, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet and leave their home or town. Um, so he was saying like, you know, like even Jesus, God himself, had people walk away. He had people he told, this is who I'm, and they couldn't receive the word and they walked away. Even Jesus, people didn't believe in him and walked away. So you know what? You can feel comfortable if someone says, no, I'm not ready for that. Or no, I don't want to hear about that. This is not a, and you know, sometimes you think, well, maybe they're, they're not ready. Maybe they won't receive Jesus. And we, we sort of wait until they will receive, they, 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 we know they will receive Jesus. But the point is, like we read in Ezekiel, the point is that you are meant to be a witness. Yeah. What they do with that's them, but they have heard. It's off your conscience that you haven't been the one who's freely received. <laughs> Are you receiving and not freely giving? Right? It's off your conscience. You've told them the truth. It's whether they want to take that up or not. It's up to them. Okay? So, um, and then, you know, Jesus goes on to the fact that um, you know, on on God, on the count of Jesus, they're going to be, um, you know, brought before kings to witness, um, and and he says, at that time you will be given what you're going to say. And I think that's also another thing that is a hurdle for us, is like I, I'm not quite sure I know what to say. Like I don't know if I'll have all the answers. And it, actually, you know what? Um, the more I have um, witnessed the more I realize it's actually not so much about the answers. Like people can ask the biggest questions. I can actually say, well, you know, I don't know all about that, but I do know. And then you be a witness. This is what God, what I've seen. This is what I've heard. You don't have to have the answers. You say, well, I don't know everything, but I do know this. When I was like this, with God in my life, I became like that. You don't have to. He didn't say, okay, people, I want you to know that when you share your faith with everyone, I want you to know that you need to know this, 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 and this, and this. You need to be incredibly wise. You need to, I mean, your apologetics needs to be like way up there. If you're going to, no. All you are required is to be a witness. Tell of your story, what you've seen and heard God in your life and around you doing. So that's good. all you don't have to be afraid or intimidated like what will i say and the holy spirit often will give you something to say and you'll think oh wow that's quite good <laughs> you know because he's given it to you you know but i can tell you now it's not going to come beforehand like god could you just give me everything now and then i'll just have this confidence in myself before i go it's not going to happen like that you have to trust the lord and it's very simple you just need to be a witness. Um, you know, um, I was saying one of the hurdles is that we feel we might get embarrassed. They might say, no, I don't want to hear. And you feel uncomfortable telling them about Jesus. Because I don't know about you. I mean, it's so funny because, I mean, obviously we talk about God to as many non-Christians that we can. We, we like, we really love people um, and try and share God in some way with them. 
but you can see some people are a lot more open than others and you can see some people immediately get uncomfortable when you start talking about Jesus and then you want to get <laughs> you feel starting to get uncomfortable you know and that's what you're afraid of but you know the bible says um Jesus said to his disciples, said, all men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And, um, and, and then he says, when you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. I mean, guys, <laughs> Jesus wasn't telling them, oh my goodness, you know what? Your goal as a Christian is that everyone loves you. But that's how we want to be. Like, we don't want, no, we don't want anyone to say, be uncomfortable. Like, we want everyone to love us. And that's why we're afraid. But Jesus said, everyone will hate you because of me. This is what we signed up for, people. <laughs> you know? And he says, do not be afraid. And this is, you know, we don't have to be afraid of someone killing us here. But he says, do not be afraid for those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid for the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for one penny? Yet um, not one of them falls to the ground apart from the will of the Father. And even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. Mm. So don't be afraid. Guys, Jesus was telling this to people who potentially would lose their lives. And he's telling you, like, don't be afraid of feeling uncomfortable, of feeling a little bit embarrassed. Don't be afraid. But you know why you won't be afraid? If you meditate and you think about, and I'm going to encourage you to do this week, the treasure that you actually have. It's when you're not sure of what you actually have that you're intimidated to share it with someone else. You've got an amazing thing going on inside of you. The God of all glory lives with you and you meant to testify and speak about it to others. And then he goes on to say, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before the Father in heaven. He said, and if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. I want to tell you, you're going to be rewarded. One of, um, one of the greatest rewards, I think, of sharing my faith with someone. And like, I want to tell you that every time I share my faith, I have to overcome intimidation. I was telling this to Nigel this week. I said like, your personality is more active. You will generally chat to people, etc. I am not like that. I'm like, I would like all my words up front before I talk to someone. So like I said, I am sure I have to overcome more than you do. <laughs> I would like to hide behind him a bit more, you know. But it's 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 actually I just it's, it was then that I realized like you know what it's actually never gonna become easy. It it is just something that I just Basically, just do it. That's what I just said to myself. Actually, there's no more waiting around, Debbie. You just have to do it. And so this, this week, I just said, like, I'm going to share and witness to someone this week. I'm just doing it. Um, but it says uh, you will be with your reward. And I want to tell you that when I have done that, whether the person um, says no, whether they sort of listen, whether they're a bit interested, they give their life to the Lord, no matter actually which spectrum it is on there's such joy 
there's such joy in, in, in my heart that God gives you in sharing. There's like, it's like riches that he pours in. But there's also eternal rewards as we share our faith with others. Um, so what I want to do is we're actually... Jess, could you hand these out for me? Um, I want to just give you... The first thing is our motivation in sharing is loving people. That's our motivation. We love people. If, if you're sharing to get... You know, I've prayed for so many people and I've got them... No, it's because we love God... And God, you know, this is what the gospel is about. The gospel, if we want to put it, is about a God who lost, who, who's searching for, a father who's searching for his lost children. There's all these children out there who are, um, you know, f trying to fend for themselves. They're orphans. They haven't got anything. And God's searching for them because he, he has an inheritance for each one of his children. And he wants to draw them into his heart of love for 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 them so the first thing i just the first thing is to the reason we're doing this is to love someone and so you need to respect and love the person not force and control them you're not forcing them um for their own good to receive jesus you're meant to be a witness and share what god has done and let the holy spirit do um his work because in john 16 8 it says when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Um, and it goes on about the Holy Spirit's task of convicting. That's not your task. That's the Holy Spirit's um, task. Um, and then, um, so I just, what we're going to do in a moment is we're actually going to just practice on one another sharing the gospel. Um, because you know what? Um, I found like if you practice a couple of times with someone, it actually gets easier because then you can, when it comes up in conversation, you can just take the right place and do it. But before we um, start, I just want to say love is the agenda. Um, and we're just looking at the way Jesus shared. It says Jesus was connected to God. In other words, you know, what I've given you is some principles, right? So, but the point is, if you just go through them, it's like real, it, it, it's, you're just going to share points with that person. But we need to first be connected with God. So we're hearing what God's saying. Like if God is saying, say this, or you feel led to say that, go with that. Don't go with the, 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 the next thing on the list if you're feeling led to say this by the Lord. So first connected to God. The next one is connected to the person. He, Jesus sought to not know the heart of the person that he was speaking to, right? So who is this person? You need to, to, to also, when you're speaking to them, be like, where's this person's heart? How can I get alongside them and see through their eyes so I can see what God, uh, you know, what they are needing? Um, and then Jesus knew his message. And that's why we've made this little um, chart for you. So that, you know, because lots of Christians we found, they're sort of like, I've given my life to the Lord. But do you know how to lead someone to giving in the steps? To, like, this is what it means to give your life to Jesus and to lead them in that. Not many people know those steps. So this is a little... 
you know, to know your message when you're sharing to someone. And then um, Jesus involved people through stories, examples, parables, questions. Like, well, what do you think about this? Involve the person. Tell your, your um, stories or your witness of what God's done in your life. And obviously at the end, Jesus lived his message. Um, after, you know, hopefully, first, before anything, you make a connection with God. Okay? I mean, with the person. Somehow or the other, you strike a, up a conversation, you get talking to them. Maybe you pray for them, or maybe you had a word. Maybe you just did an act of love. Maybe you just said, you know, you just, just happened to strike up this conversation. Um, and then after that, you'll see that on there, you might want to ask them a question. Like you could start with asking a question like, are you interested in spiritual things? Um, do you believe in God? Okay. And then why do you think you exist? You know, where are you on your spiritual journey? These are some questions you can ask. Okay. But I, this is just an outline. So you need to put who you are into this or change it a little bit so that you can work with that for who you are okay um, and then so once you've asked them that and they've told you about your spiritual journey you can say you can tell them well the reason I believe why we exist is because to have a relationship with the Lord you then can have the opportunity to say what God has done in your life right and the witness of what he's done in your life and then you can say you see, because if you created to have a relationship with God, what went wrong? That's the Romans 3 verse 23, okay? Um, so you're going to say to, you're going to explain the fact, and I've just explained the verses there, just given you something to, you know, everyone's missed the mark. Everyone's messed up in their lives. We're all in the same boat. That's why I put the little boat there. You can use those things to remind you. Everyone's in the same boat. We've all missed the mark. But... Then Romans 6 verse 23 says that the wages of sin is, um, is, is death. And death, I put there to explain to people, is separation. That's what death is, separation. So when you die, you actually get separated, right? When death here yeah, is separation um, from God. And I think it's pretty much explanatory there. The one, the thing that I want to tell you, it's, it really works um, well is... You know, the gift, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And if you've got something, it's sometimes nice to take like a, like a 20 rand note or a note and you put it into something. But when you say, the, this verse says that the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So a gift is for free, right? So the person says, yes. So then, then they, they take, they said, how are you going to get it? Well, I have to... I have to take the book because you can make that so you have to take the book to get the eternal life in the same way you have to take Jesus okay that's just a little um, a little nice illustration something to have and I think the rest is pretty self-explanatory what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna let you have a go at it yourself and then maybe another time we can because I actually want you guys to actually do it yourself because otherwise you're just spectators um, and you know what, so, so what you're going to do is you're going to get with one other person and you're going to be the non-Christian and the other person is going to be the Christian witnessing to you. And they're going to ask you the question. So, you know, I mean, try not to give them too much of a hard time, okay? <laughs>
Wait a second. But try, you know, go easy on them the first time round, <laughs> okay? And um, and then what I want you to do is just flow through this. Um, and, you know, it's fine. It's actually fine to make a mistake. But we want to go through this so that you actually know, well, hey, you know, I can actually share my faith quite quickly. Okay. How does everyone feel? Good. Okay. Let's go. We hope you have enjoyed this message from Debbie Desmond. For more information, please visit nigeldebbie.org.